Thanks for tuning in to the Voyage Church Podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be significant for all of us on the voyage of becoming. Week one of Live Life Well. Who's here? Awesome. Um, this is a quiet church. We, it was a few weeks ago, we had a couple Pentecostals up in the room with 50-year-olds, and then this week was quiet church. So last week, we kicked off a series called Live Life Well. It's all around the idea that living out the principles of Jesus is the best way to live. Um, I, I love to get in conversations with people who maybe aren't um, a person of faith, uh, whether they be agnostic, atheist, or whatever. I got a lot of friends who stand on a lot of different sides of the aisle. But I always love having the conversation about Jesus and the ways of Jesus. Um, we know that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he produces what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I always love to tell people who are not of faith, hey, that's still the best way to live. Like, you don't have to believe what I believe, but you cannot look at me and tell me that that's not the best way to live. That is truly what everyone's longing for. Unfortunately, we're trying to do it out of counterfeit versions. And so we believe that Jesus and his ways allows us to live life well. So last week, we talked about the power of the word. And this week, we're going to talk about another um, layer of foundation. But I don't think it would work if I just preached it solo. And so um, I I know you already kind of got to hear from him a little bit earlier um, because some of y'all were making fun of him. So I need you to welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the mustache, Jonathan Berry, out to come on. Jonathan's going to be preaching with me today. Jonathan is, man, one of my best friends for over 10 years now, which is crazy. Um, I showed up to a church in Louisiana for my first youth pastor position. Um, he thought I was weird wearing skinny jeans, and he was I mean, like, who's this we punk were a showing up? country church, yeah, yeah. and skinny jean walked in, yeah. and it was just a little weird for us. And so uh, let's just be honest. He wasn't very nice to me for the first bit. He was actually going to move away. And then uh, he came to my office, I don't know, a few weeks later or something. He's like, hey, I feel like the Lord's telling me to stay. I just want to be, I want to be a part. What do you want? And so we ended up, we were doing youth ministry, but then we launched a young adult ministry. Um, that was, ended up where he met his wife. Shauna ended up moving a year later out to Louisiana. And we just saw God do some crazy stuff. I think we wrote, what, three, two or three albums? Three albums. One that we don't really mention. Um, but, uh, and we just saw a generation of young people just really get hungry for the things of God. We had a young adult ministry on Monday nights that there was over 13 churches represented coming to that every Monday night. Um, We had youth ministry where just young people were on fire for God. And so we got to do a lot of ministry. And then God called Shauna and I back to Florida. And so we've kind of been away from Jonathan and Courtney all these years, but we all had this conversation that one day the Lord would send us to do something. And so here we are preaching, which is just nuts. Um, But here's why he's up here. I talked about the word last week. Um, kind of my responsibility to study the word and break it down and, you know, obviously preach. But Jonathan, I don't know, um, I, all the years we've been apart, I've just always long, I love him leading worship. I love to be in the room and just be like, dude, lead me to the throne room. Um, I'm so grateful. And we're so grateful that God brought Brianna with us from Jacksonville and they've been able to be together because, man, they're, are they not incredible together? Like God's just blessed us. But today, the foundation we're going to talk about in living life well is, if you've been around Voyage Church at all, I say we do two things really well, worship and the word, worship and the word. And these are found, I mean, these are central aspects of our theology. Um, And so Jonathan is up here, really, I'm going to ask questions, and he's going to teach us about worship. And uh, I wrote this down, worship is rooted in a response to the word of God. Worship is rooted in a response to the word of God. Now, I understand we got have backgrounds of all different kinds, so you might be in here today and be like, yeah, but that response is not like, you know, if you've been to Voyage Church, you see that there are some of us, we're, we're expressive in worship, and some people might say, well, that's just not my style. Well, you don't really get to pick a style because worship is a response, and there's biblical and not. So we just want biblical worship, and biblical worship is a response that starts in the heart, but everything scripturally that starts in the heart it always manifests outwardly with a response. Husbands, if you don't believe me, the next time your wife says something to you, stay silent. And then when she says, why didn't you answer me? Just say, I did. I just responded in my heart. See how well that goes over. <laughs> so people will say, well, I worship in my heart, but it doesn't have to be expressive. And we're going to walk you through. Jonathan says he's going to give you the address. We'll show you every scripture. We'll break down seven different Hebrew words to show you what worship is. And we really believe that worship is just the main expression of our house and it is because worship is just a, what I was saying earlier, a thank you, and I love you to God because of who he is. Amen? So, um, Jonathan, I'm going to let you pray, 
And then I'm going to ask you the first question. Um, yeah, we're going to jump off. Oh, Father, we love you. Yes, Lord. God, we thank you for this time together. Lord, I ask that, that we lay down any agenda that we have. Lord, we lay down any, um, any bitterness. Father, that we may receive today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we were having this conversation, and we knew that we were going to do this idea of worship in the Word, um, and we started talking about worship. The, the first question was simply, and if you were in groups this past week, by the way, we had like over 65, 70 people in groups this yeah, past week. it was week. wild. Yeah. How incredible is that? Um, I know our group had like a bunch of kids, and they were like in and out slamming doors, and I just loved it. I was like, this is incredible. All the parents in there talking about the Word I of God. I didn't love it. He didn't love it. Kind of freaked out a little bit, but I preached to teenagers for far too long. I don't, I don't get distracted easily. So like when I was talking in group, I could see parents being like, "Yeah, it was a good time." Kid, but you know, you know, so we have four. Uh, if you don't know that, we have four, and um, by about the age of like eighteen months, they went from zero to a hundred, and I haven't seen them go down yet. And so um, then they, uh, they like to. Uh, influence other kids mm. to join influencers come on to join their hundred percent and so um we had a couple of our uh young adult lady look let me tell you something those girls got something on their life because your boy would have been in some trouble i love it yeah we we brought a couple college girls over that watched the kids for us as well and for you ladies that are Bless out there you. yeah y'all superheroes Bless okay you. you're gonna be back next week right okay um worship we're going to break down worship. Let's talk through this. The first question, simply, what is worship? Well, so I like to, um, first, I want to get into the uh, Webster's definition of what worship is. And, and if you're take, taking notes, today would be a fantastic time because we have a lot of stuff you really need to take coming notes. in. Um, and so it is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. And so uh, I, think, I think what's interesting there is that it doesn't, um, it doesn't necessarily say a song. It's not, it's not, it's not a song, um, but it's, uh, this is where folks might freak out some. It's a feeling or an expression of reverence. Um, it's not a sound. It's not a bunch of uh, words and, and, and rhythms and, and rhymes and lyrics. It's literally just an expression of reverence there. And one thing I want to talk about is, is what worship isn't. And so worship isn't just reciting facts that Jesus already knows about himself. So, yeah, I heard a ooh. It's going to be a lot of those today. This is, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I feel like there is a misconception or a mis... Yeah, that one? Yeah. Words. Um, of just what worship is. And, and so what worship isn't is it's not reciting facts that Jesus already knows about himself. Jesus, I don't believe he's interested in the facts. Number one, because our facts are sometimes skewed by experience. Number two, they're skewed by religiosity. Three, he knows the facts more than we do. And so he isn't impressed with us singing theology, which is the study of God, because Jesus knows more about himself than we do. So we literally have no other thing to offer him except our, ourselves. So I'm completely convinced that if you aren't in the song, he doesn't want it. And I want to break down what a song is. And a song is four parts. There's melody, there's lyric, there's rhythm. And the most important part of a song is the heart or you. So... Um, if there is no human heart present in a song, it's just a bunch of noise. Uh, has anyone, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a Christian artist, but have you ever heard a, a song that you heard someone sing and you can just feel and tell that they are going through it? They believe it when they sing. Uh, actually, one of the recent ones I, I used was uh, Justin Bieber's Lonely. Man, the first time I, I, I heard that, I could hear it. If you don't know who Justin Bieber is in the room, um, you can come talk to a college-age student 
after service, they'll stand up here. Yeah, and and so like so basically the whole song is talking about how he's he's got this and what if you had it all and he has all these things and all this stuff. And I'm not gonna do that. And the, pl please don't. Um, and then he says um, he he goes and talks about I'm, we have this 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 this, but I'm so lonely. And it's like whoa. And then I watched him do it live, and it was just like, this is, I didn't go, but like, um, yes, he did. It was, it was, it, I would have gone, he didn't come close enough. So, um, but man, you just feel it. And so, um, where am I at here? Um, it's because the person has given that sound a heart, and that song has become more than just a melody. It's more than words, it's more than rhythm, it's actually come to life. And I'm convinced that when we began to worship and sing these songs, the Father can tell when we've inserted that fourth element. So I'm completely convinced that if you aren't in it, just like in 1 Corinthians 13 where he talks about, um, you know, if you don't have love, if, if you prophesy, if, if you speak in the tongues of angels, but you have no love, if there is no heart, I don't believe he wants it. And I just want that to sit in the room because I know you've heard me say, and I just said it earlier, we don't put lyrics on the screen because it's like a karaoke class. We put lyrics on the screen because the church of Jesus Christ is more creative than any other entity on the planet, and we can write songs faster than anyone else because we serve the creator. But if you're, if you're just reciting words off of a screen and there's no heart in it, I think we really have to understand when it comes to worship, he doesn't want it because worship is what he said. He wants us. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a sacrifice of mm -hmm. us. I mean, so we were created in the image of God, right? And yes. so God being the creator. So we have been given... Um, in the image of God, we have been created to create. And so as, as we write these songs, it's, it's, it's taken worship for the feeling of expression of reverence and adoration of a deity or the feeling of expression of reverence, and we are adding Jesus into that equation. So the deal is, is, is that we, we've been created to create and find other ways to express our reverence into who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to note just, and we are going to talk about song and, and worship, and you're going to see some biblical, um, a lot of biblical references to expressive worship um, because we believe that it, it is unto God. But I just want to make sure from the get-go everybody understands worship is not a song. It is a lifestyle. And when we ask the question, what is worship, really we could even change that question and say, what are you worshiping? Because you're worshiping something. I, I say it this way. I said it in the group Thursday night. Think about something in your life. If your world crumbled without that thing, if whatever that thing is in your life, you're like, man, if I lost that one thing, everything would fall apart. Yep. If there's something in your life that your world would crumble, if you lost it, you probably worship it. Yeah, and normally when things go bad and it's time to decompress, that's the thing you turn to. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves, when things are difficult, when you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed, yeah. I'm not saying that it's bad to have like a hobby or, or whatever, right? Um, you, you go work out or whatever that may be, watch Netflix. But do you find yourself in the difficult moments constantly running to something that is that, that decompressor and it's not the presence of God? And I'm just telling you that worship, it's a lifestyle. And so it permeates every aspect of our lives. But one of the greatest ways we express worship is through song. So here's the second question. Why and how do we worship through song? All right. So number one. I believe, so we worship God because who he is. And thank God that we don't have to worship him because of who we are. And so, mm -hmm. so God is creator, and he is worthy of our worship. So we worship him because of his transcendence, uniqueness, and his holiness. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we get to approach the throne as, um, so as a victor instead of a victim here. Because like we, we get to draw from, um, from his undefeated record of who he is. And so we don't have to draw from our brokenness. We don't have to draw from our stuff. We literally get to draw from his transcendence, his uniqueness, and his holiness. And notice, we worship God because of who he is. So if you ever feel like your worship, maybe you're like, man, I'm just singing these songs. I don't, number one, if you just wait for Sundays to be the place that you build the culture of worship in your life, you're gonna miss it. It won't work. See, Sundays actually, Shauna and I, for our house, for our family, Sundays is just an overflow of what we're always doing. Mm. 
Like literally always doing. Like we were over at Sadie and Eddie's the other night having dinner and the kids were down in the room and most of our houses have Alexas because they kind of came with the house we all got. But um, the kids literally turned on Homecoming and I'm gonna be honest, I was, I was watching Eddie play video games, but the kid and the mamas were doing something. But um, I heard Homecoming coming from the, the front room and Summer and Henry and Isaac are in there singing Homecoming, the song we just sang a little while ago. Look, this is something we're putting in the culture of our houses, yeah. right? So it's not something that's like, oh, yeah, I'm waiting for Sunday to go worship. No, we are constantly worshiping. But if we worship God for who he is, you have to find out who he is. Yeah. And that goes back to the foundation of the word. And then that leads us into we worship God because of what he has done for us. Um, so he created us, therefore we worship him. We also worship God because he saved us. He sent Jesus to die on our behalf so that we may be free from sin. Number three, we worship God because he commands us to. So he, he not only, you know, desires for us to worship him, but he demands us to worship him. So yeah. he, he teaches us in John 4 that the Father is seeking true worshipers. And true worshipers are those that worship God in both spirit and in truth. Yeah. And if you go back to John chapter 4, that's the woman at the well. If you don't know the story, there's this woman. She's been married five times, gotten divorced. She's living with the sixth man. She goes to the well to draw water. She goes in the afternoon because she's probably fearful of the women uh, that would normally go out to the well. And the interesting thought there is what Jonathan was talking about earlier in worship is when we come to worship, have you ever come into church or come into a space of worship and felt empty? And then after worship, somehow, some way felt full. Do you want to know why? It's because you're drawing on God's uniqueness and his transcendence that Jonathan was talking about. In other words, go to John 4 when Jesus looks at the woman and says, woman, if you knew who was talking to you, you would have asked me for a drink. And she's like, sir, you ain't got no bucket. And he's like, baby, my well ain't even anywhere. It's nothing like this. If you would have asked me for a drink, I would have given you living water. And when you come into my presence, and in this very same passage, he says you worship in spirit and in truth. You could literally show up empty and leave full, not because of anything you have, but because of everything he is. And so, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, fill me up. Yeah. Uh, it, but look, just look at the fact that I just I wanted to say this because number three is God commands us to. Please understand worship is not a suggestion. We've been given the great commission. That's not called a great suggestion. Yeah. These are commands. Mm-hmm. And I just think we have a lot of people, especially in the American church, it's like, yeah, love God, went to church, check the box off. And it's like, no, no, what does the lifestyle of worship look like for you? What does it look like for you? And only you can answer that for yourself, right? But it looks like knowing who he is and then understanding that you might feel empty. The scripture I read earlier, you might feel at the end of your rope, but it's better when there's less of you and more of him. That's the beauty of worship. So four, we worship God to bless and honor him. And so um, worship is not primarily for us, yeah. and that stings sometimes because uh, we like to put ourselves on a throne that wasn't designed for us, and so um, we have to, you know, we, we, we have these little, uh, well, like, well, this is my style of music, this is my style of stuff, my, 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 we're so self-centered all, all, all the times because of the fall of man. We have enthroned ourselves, pushed spirit to the side, and so this is the most uncomfortable thing. Is because we worship God to bless and honor Him, and that has to be primary reason number one, yeah. and that's where it starts to hurt, because we have to kill oneself. Yeah, and and think through if you grew up in church, the majority of things church-wise, this is what happens, right? Someone leaves the church because I'm not getting this. You know, that whole thing, dude, okay, so I'm not getting fed. So, like, um, so my kids, they're pretty young, okay? And so, you know, still we got to teach them a, a few things and um, a lot of things. And, and so when they're hungry, they come and tell us, like, hey, mom, dad, I'm hungry. And then we fix it for them, and, 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 and we put the peanut butter there. We put the jelly there. But, like, Uriah is now getting to the age where we're like, hey, we put the stuff out for, for you. So then he goes to make it. And then when he becomes a grown man, he's not going to have to come to me and say, Dad, I'm hungry. And it's like, well, I've shown you how to fix your own food. Go get it, you dead gum self. And so the deal is, is that I, I believe in America gum. what happens is, is that I think this disconnect is, is that 
we believe that Pastor John is supposed to still spoon feed us every Sunday morning when we have the capability to go to the fridge if you're hungry, get a fork and dig in. I, just, I was going to say something real good on the other end, but it's just all good. That's, that's it. Yeah. And, 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 oh, I, and to be that, clear. That felt so good. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm oh. glad you did it, and I didn't yeah. have to say Oof. it. Um, but I want to be clear. Yes, we come to church. Yes, there's a shepherd that will preach the word. Um, and there's going to be preaching and teaching. Preaching and teaching are different. Um, and and we, can, we can spend another time on the five-fold ministry and prophets, pastors, evangelists, um, teachers, apostles. We could go through those, and all of those exist. In August, when we have the babies, Sean and I are going to step back. Our overseers that oversee Voyage Church, all of our um, uh, spiritual fathers, pastors in our lives, they're going to be on this platform preaching. You're going to get to hear the people in our lives that are speaking into us. We have to have that fullness of the five-fold ministry. But it's why we do groups the way we do groups. Mm-hmm. We launched groups solely for the fact of we can only unpack so much here, and there's more to be unpacked, and we do our, all of ourselves a disservice if we're not digging Amen. in beyond this, this space. Yeah. And we think like, okay, God, went to church, and we think that's the extent of it. And, and I want to say this. The church is not for us. The church is us. Yeah. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. And, 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 and then to tag more there is, is, is we don't worship just because we enjoy the emotion or the sensation of doing so, but worship makes us feel good, but that is not to be our primary motivation for worshiping God. So we, we worship God because he desires us to, and it pleases him. We are beneficiaries of worship, but should not be, but should not be the primary one. Yeah, our motivation right. to worship should be greater than that. True worship is never self-serving or self-centered. I'll never forget being on staff um, at the church, Bold City Church. That's the church that, you know, supported Voyage, sent Shauna and I out here, has just done so much to allow this thing to be possible, and you guys will get to hear from, from those pastors um, uh, soon, but I, um, I'll never forget sitting in a staff meeting, and our pastor, Pastor Jason, saying, hey guys, I think we've done something wrong, and I want to shift the house, and we're all just kind of sitting there in staff meeting, and he said, I want to get people to stop showing up for them. He's like, worship, and he talked to a worship team. He's like, hey, can we shift everything? And we're showing up not to get something, but showing up to give an offering. We just, we're, we're all gathering together our weeks. We've been out serving, uh, loving people, being the hands and feet of Jesus. But can we show up not to get, but show up to give? But when you give, you end up receiving because he's just a generous father. And I'm telling you, I watched the worship culture in that church shift and change when it was, hey, and that was really the reason we were doing this so, like, in the early days is just so you know, like, we don't show up here to be like, oh, I hope the band plays, like, a good song. No, I can't wait to get in the room and just from the overflow of worship all week long, gather with my family and just give God a giant I love you, a giant thank you from all of us because of his goodness and his faithfulness. Amen. That's what worship is. Yeah, which leads us to number five, we worship God because we love him. So when God... When God means so much to us, we will worship him. Adoration, excitation, and appreciation will be impossible to hide as we fall deeper in love with who he is. Um, and I know as a man, that's like a hard thing to talk about because like there, there's this, um, you have to put this, uh, this like big man front on. And I've never been able to I'm, do that. Yeah, sometimes it's just genetic, okay. you know. Um, have you seen my dad? Anyways, my dad's like. Yeah, I mean, your mom's great. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, De- definitely, definitely, genetics yeah. come from. That was side. for you, Mr. Robbie, because I know you're gonna. He's gonna be listen listening to this, to this on Tuesday, on Tuesday yeah, or Wednesday for sure. Um, I forgot where I was going. All right, so number six, we worship God because of what He is doing on the earth, because of what Jesus has done through His death, resurrection, and soon coming. We worship Him. This is a hard one, because I don't know if you've seen the news lately. Yeah. Um, but this one's a hard one, because we read in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, that um, in everything, give thanks. And so, so that word is in, in the good and the bad, in all things, it is the will of the Father for us to give him thanks. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we still see everything that's going on with, with wars and, and rumors of wars and this and this and this and this. Sometimes it's hard to, to worship a God that we feel um, 
you know, um, I'm supposed to be worshiping you for what you're doing. Um, bro. Yeah. Well, and can I say something to that? It could be so easy to get distracted by the evil in the world. And I will say one of the struggles of the church at large right. is that we, we giantly yeah. complain about all the evil. But do you want to know what keeps you in a place of being able to praise God for what he's doing? Being planted in a local church. So when Jesus, you're planted in a local church, you're watching lives it's transform. It's funny how Jesus said they're going to know you by the love and not by what you loudly combat. Mm, come on. And so, so, so the deal is, 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 is that I feel like fight the good fight has been misconstrued to, uh, to standing up loudly with words, yeah. with no love. And I do believe we read that in 1 Corinthians yeah. where and it says that without the words, without love... It's just a bunch of loud, noise. loud noise. Well, notice what he said. He said, talking about what we loudly combat. Can I tell you what's so incredible about worship? Because here's the thing about our church. People can come up to me and be like, well, what do you believe about this? And what do you believe about this? And what do you believe about this? Well, look, if you want to sit down and you want to go through scripture and talk about every issue on the planet, dude, we'll go through it. And I'll tell you what we believe. If, you, if anybody ever questions at Voyage Church, I wonder what they believe on this. If it's in the word, we believe it. And there are some people who are like, good, good. Because you should on that subject. Yeah, I do on that subject, but I also do on the supernatural subjects too. The subjects that make you really uncomfortable when it comes to supernatural gifts flowing and operating in the church. So when people come, when it's like sexuality, they're like, good, good, good. And then I'm like, yeah, but I also believe that, like, have you ever asked the Lord to allow you to prophesy? Because the Apostle Paul says that he desires that all of us would do this. That prophecy would be like a major thing in the church. So, but I just want to be clear. You know what we focus on at Voyage Church? You know what worship allows us to do? We're louder about what we're for than what we're against. Because what he's talking about is there's so many churches and Christians who have built their platforms on being against something. When Jesus died for the world. So we are loud about what we're for. And influence will grow there. Absolutely. But it's just not what Jesus was talking about. Right. It's just not love. And so I just want to be clear at our church, that's why worship is so huge, because it's allowing us to focus, like Sean has always said from the start of our church, we keep the main thing, the main thing. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. When Jesus is high and lifted up, he draws all people to himself. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. And that's what worship is, is focusing on Jesus. And so number seven is we worship God so that we may draw near to him. Um, So we find... God's presence as we worship him with music. So, so uh, notice this. It's the first time I'm mentioning music during this whole worship talk. The first time that we're mentioning actual song and lyric and music. And so we talked about that First Thessalonians 5, 18. Well, in Psalms 100, we are taught to come into God's presence with songs of joy and enter his gates with thanksgiving. So God becomes enthroned on our praise. And in Psalms 22, the Bible says as that God is holy and that he sits enthroned upon the praises of his people. So God literally sits on praise. And our praise for him becomes the throne he rests upon. When we praise God, or when we praise, God comes. And when God comes into our any atmosphere, it changes and takes dominion. And so the deal is, is when we read 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and it says, in all circumstances, in, every, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of the Father. And then in Psalms 100, it says to enter his gates with thanksgiving, so we can enter his courts with praise, so he can sit enthroned on the praise of his people. So the deal is, is that thanksgiving is the key into his courts of praise. Don't miss that. And so look, I'll say it again. Thanksgiving is the key to get in the gate to step forth into the courtroom so that we may give him the throne he deserves. I really hope that this is like permeating, but can, can, can I say something? That when we show up in the room and we begin to lift, like sing praises, it literally builds a supernatural place for him to come and rest, according to scripture. Y'all, they're not making this up. This is what the Bible teaches us. But for so long, we've just done church. We've just sang songs, when we're actually asking the king of heaven and earth to come and be amongst us. Mm, yeah. Uh, do we have the, uh, the verse Psalms 8, uh, 2? I don't know if I gave them that. Oh. <laughs> From the mouth of These infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries. Uh, this is David here. To make the enemy and the revengeful cease. 
And then so, um, so Jesus actually quotes this verse in Matthew 21, 16. So let's read that. Here, we don't have that. Okay, one. cool, sweet. That was my fault. So it says, do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said unto them, yes, have you ever read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise for yourself. So he literally quotes Psalm 8-2 in Matthew 21, 16. But here, here's the thing, though, is Jesus used um, prepared praise, or, or in another one that I really like is that you've perfected praise. But in Psalms 8-2, it says, um, can, can you throw that back up there, bud? In Psalms, you have established strength because of your adversaries. Uh, from the mouth of infants and nursing bees, you have established strength. So he says established strength. Jesus says you have perfected praise. So either Jesus is misquoting his word, which I highly doubt, or maybe Jesus is giving us an insight of what the psalmist was writing about when he said, out of the mouth of babes, we gain strength. So the word praise in Matthew is aenos, which is A-I-N-O-S for the note takers there, which actually means story. So we are unpacking a story with our decrees of his goodness. The Bible gives us the beginning and visions and dreams of the end. We live in the middle. As we decree or declare these praises unto him, we are unraveling the rest of the story. Wow. In, kingdoms, in kingdoms, action does not go forth until there is a decree. Wow. So let this sink in. There is an action tied into your decree, an heir to the kingdom of God, our decrees right the middle of the story. Wow. So if Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it, and who's the church? Yes. We are. So yeah. based upon our worship as a foundation in our lives, we'll build what happens with the church of Jesus. Yeah. I Just, mean, really think about it. We have the beginning. We have when we messed up the beginning, and then we made it good, and then we messed up, and then we made it good, and then we messed up, and then we made it good, and then there was nothing, and then there was Jesus. And then we see the life of Jesus, and then, like, he's flipping everything around. He's doing all this crazy stuff. And, like, oh, the Spirit of God, I'm the Son of God. No, you ain't. Yes, you are. No, you ain't. This is blah, blah, blah. Get him to a tree, kill, dead. Oh, my gosh, he's dead. And then he raises up. And so then there's that part, and now we see the church grow. And then we have dreams of the end. We are filling the rest of that story. And I would just say, Voyage Church is not a church that fills the story with a bunch of attenders, but it's people who are actually advancing the kingdom of God Amen. out into the yeah. earth. It's why when people say, what the heck, you guys meet in elementary school, what are you doing attaching yourself to a university to develop the next generation? It's because we're building the middle. And I'll just give you something when it comes to your worship and your foundations and your lifestyle that Shauna Teal always says, you need to ask yourself the question. When it comes to anything with the kingdom of God and what you'll be, what, what, what part you're going to take, what story do you want to tell? Because you're going to tell a story. That's good. Do you want to tell the story that, hey, I just, I just started forgetting what anybody else thought of me. My worship got radical. My praise got expressive. My praise became biblical, and I began to build a throne for him to sit on, whether I was in my living room, in my car, or at my local church. It was a foundation of my life because... The middle of the story is being built, and I'm right in the middle of it, and yeah. this is the story I want to tell. Amen. So we don't have a lot of time, but we have to do this. Um, so we just gave you seven reasons why we worship. But we've talked about expressive worship, and I'm just letting you know that if anything with our church, if we don't have the nicest equipment, if we don't have the best facilities, two things will be known about us. We'll preach the word of God, and we'll be marked with zeal and passion when it comes to our worship Amen. of God. And so I want to give you, I'm going to let Jonathan teach it because he does better than I do. I want to give you seven biblical words, Hebrew words for praise, and their definitions and how they are all expressive. I'm going to try to sit while I do this because this gets me jacked up. Yeah, so, I don't care. You um, can do it. Yeah, I'm like grabbing the seat about to pounce. So um, can we throw that uh, first slide? Is it uh, did you just do? Yes, yeah, sweet. Okay, so, um, so the first type of praise is yada. And so here's what I love about this house. We're going to present to you the word of God, but we're going to give you the address because I want you to go double check me. I, we, we, 
What I love about this place is, is that it's given, and then you go home, and you break it down, and you go see for yourself, and then that is where your faith grows. The Apostle Paul talks about a group of people in Scripture called the Bereans, and he said he loved the Bereans because they studied themselves approved. Some of my favorite people are people who sit, receive the Word of God, and they go, and they dig in. But what is Yada? So Yada, um, we have a couple of scriptures there, Um, but Yada is to worship with the extended hand, to extend your hands vigorously as in complete surrender. And so what Yada looks like in, in in a type of, um, in a praise set, setting would be to lift one's hands to him and say how they are surrendering to the Father. Um, and then listing the ways of, of how I am surrendering, uh, becoming diligent and disciplined. And, and, and this is where things can get specific because it's, it's, it's like a child reaching up to its father and, and just say like, look, I just need you. I don't know what's going on around me, but all I know is, is in your arms, I just am better. Canyon's litter, our, our one-year-old's living this out right now. Just begins to cry, and uh, and I'll be honest, I don't respond the way God probably responds to us all the time. God's like, yes, Praise him. yada, worship. I'm like, son, are you kidding me? I just, you're fine, you know? God doesn't respond to us that way, okay? Yeah. But look at this Hebrew biblical word, you have the scriptures and the definition of yada means to extend your hand. If you've never lifted your hands in worship, I'm letting you know that you're actually obeying scripture when you do so. Mm. Yeah, and um, look, so we have the scriptures there. If you want more, I've got tons. I just wanted to try, yeah, try to feel. Uh, according to what's up there, you got Genesis, Second Chronicles. I also have uh, Psalms 33.2 and Psalms 42.5. Psalms 9.1, Psalms 28.7, yeah. Psalms 42.5, 42.11. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. biblical. So... Um, number two is zamar. Um, zamar is to sing with instruments. So this is the only type of praise that they use with song. Now, all the others can be interjected, but this is the only one that actually points to yeah. instruments and it, music. It, this is what we do. Hey, you guys do this every Sunday. Give yourself a round of applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What a great zamar. So, so this is a type of, of praise to make music accompanied by the voice um, <clears throat> Man, it's so hard to not dig into this. Um, and so, um, so it also means to, to touch the strings and refers to praise that involves instruments. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do it. So it says that everything was created by God for, for God, right? I'm going to try to do this. By God, for God. And so Zamar, the thing about Zamar is, is that, um, is that it, you know, no, I, I can't. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to go through all seven of these. If you call this place home, there's going to be a day where we're going to do a worship night, and we're actually going to teach each one of these, and after we teach it, we're going to do a worship song. We're going to give you the opportunity to actually respond to this kind of praise. We were doing this today because we believe worship's a foundation. We don't have time to do that today, or your kids, like all of our Voyager workers would be like, quit. Just, yeah, they'd, quit. Be, they'd be done. Um, so we got to keep going. But Zamar, yeah. Yeah. instruments, voice, Psalms 92.1, Psalms 150. Number three is halal comes from the word hallelujah. It's a primitive root to be clear, to shine, hence, to make a show, to boast, to rave. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. To celebrate, to dance. So, um, traditionally, so look, we, ha- we, have, we have the scriptures there. Do you want to come and get It's actually get used more? 110 times in the Old it's Testament. It's used a lot. And so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. Well, so let, me, just, let me say this yeah. with, with uh, Hallel, because it comes from hallelujah. And I want you to know if you're a Christian, hallelujah is a word that's only reserved for you. Hallelujah actually came from the children of Israel, Hebrew word that is considered the highest form of praise from the Israelites. It was basically them going, we, we don't even have the words to express the magnificence of God. And like we just, so this word came from them, hallelujah. And what's crazy is when Israel would go into battle, they would put the worship leaders on the front lines and they would send the worship leaders into battle and they would sing a hallel. 
a hallelujah. And it literally, to the enemy, sounded like, it sounds like they're celebrating like they've already won. Because this is the kind of God we serve. We can go into battles we haven't fought yet with knowing that there's already victory because of the God that we serve. He literally would tell the Israelites that. He'd say, go in. You've already won the battle. I just need you to step. I just need you to do what I'm telling you to do. So hallelujah is a word that only works when a Christian uses it. Because it's directed to Yahweh, our one and only God. Okay, keep going. I know we got more. Number four is Barack. Not Obama. So this is. I don't have any. I was just. He's got to do it every time. (laughs) To kneel or to bow. To give reverence to God is an act of adoration. It implies to continual conscious giving place to God. Mm. Blessing the Lord, extolling virtue. There is a sense of kneeling and blessing God as an act of adoration. Um. And so how you would do that is, is to bow, kneel, or to do this with the intent in my heart that he is my king. Yeah. I yield to him, and I give him back his rightful place as throne keeper of my life. Wow. And, and remember the scripture in James. It says, if you humble yourselves before the Lord, he will exalt you. We live in a culture that says exalt yourself. Get, get more followers. Make more money. Influence more. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus flips everything upside down. So humble yourselves and I'll exalt you. Yeah. And this is what Barak does. What's the next one? Number five is to heal all. So this is actually, I forgot. There, there's two that deal with song. Mm-hmm. Uh, to heal all is a spontaneous new song. So singing from a melody in your heart by adding words to it. Uh, we can find that in Psalms 34 and Psalms 43. And 22. Um, three. And tw- yeah. Um, and it says that. That God inhabits or sits on the praise in Psalm 22 or 3. This is the type of praise that is saying that he enthrones himself upon. And so uh, this is the type of praise that when Jesus did a miracle and they began to praise in the streets, they began to to heal all in the streets because it was unrehearsed. They saw what God had done. They internalized the way it made them feel and they expressed them themselves yeah. because of what God did, how it made them feel, and and what he is doing in the moment. Yeah. And so that's what to heal our praise is. And so if you've ever been in a service, and there will be plenty of times where Jonathan or Brianna or any, all of you other secret worship leaders who are hiding out there will find you. Um, if you ever have a moment where they're like, hey, just begin to sing your own song. Sometimes Christians, they clam up. I'm like, what do you mean? First off, no one's saying you have to sing at the top of your lungs. I don't, I don't sing well, but the Bible doesn't say make a joyful note. It says make a joyful noise, okay? So I don't have to sing on key for it to be joyful. But like earlier, I was literally doing tequila right down there. Not tequila, tequila. And, but I was just beginning, like they were singing, uh, you were in, what song? No, they were in uh, the first song. Um, What's that song? Oh, uh, Firm Foundation. But I was literally, I just felt the Lord um, ask me just to begin to, thank him for his faithfulness. And so I just began to sing my own song about his faithfulness. I mean, it didn't make sense. It wasn't for any of you anyways. It was for him. And no one came up to me and was like, you're distracting me. You're drawing attention to yourself. No, because I understand that God, God can receive praise from me without me having to complete act a fool and disrupt an entire place where everybody's having these encounters with God. Okay. And I just want to say that that's the mark of maturity of a believer. Yeah. Number six is total. And so uh, to give worship by the extension of the hand in adoration and agreeing with what has been done Amen. or will be. Say it again. To give worship by the extension of the hand in adoration and agreeing with what has been done. That's good. And what will be. Amen. I'm ju- I, I'm, the reason I'm doing that is because I'll never forget being at a conference and God began to set me free. And I was at a conference that God was preaching and I had really grown in my response to the word of God. Amen. That's good. And I make jokes like, hey, I'm a holler back preacher. You guys can say amen. That's good. Preach it, white boy, whatever. But I really, really believe in responding to the word of God. Here's why. The Bible says that our spirit will bear witness, or his spirit will bear witness with our spirit. So when we hear the word of God, we can actually respond. But in the flesh, when I say amen, that word means let it be or so be it or let this be done in my life as it has been said. And so toda is actually a response in praise when you're hearing the word of God and seeing the goodness of God to actually say amen. It's not drawing attention to yourself. It's not if, look, if someone's like, you're drawing attention to yourself. No, I'm actually biblically doing what Tauda says. I'm lifting my hand. I'm responding to that word and saying, that's good. And I received that from my life. And so I'm not saying that everybody's got to get buck wild and shout, but I'm saying if you're sitting in a service, dude, it could be the, the, the slow, like cow move. Like, mm. like whatever. I don't know. Just, I'm just saying there's a response to the word of God in every single one of these 
show yeah. response. Yeah, the form of praise goes in operation just because his word is true. Um, and Jesus' name does not mean abracadabra, because that is what you say when you have an illusion or a trick and you're trying to do something to distract everyone. Ooh. We don't close our prayer, God in Jesus' name, just so we can sign it off with an abracadabra. When I invoke the name of Jesus, I'm telling this kingdom that I come in the authority of that kingdom, and everything that kingdom has has to come into this world. Everything true over there is true over here. And if over there they are well, then in Jesus' name, man, walk up and get up and go. If over there I am healed, whole, and restored, then in Jesus' name I represent another kingdom and I decree that by his stripes I am healed. It is so. Amen. I'm about to hallel up in this place. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. I don't know what your religion and tradition has told you, but I'm telling you that today under this word, religion is being stripped from you right now. And relationship is being reaffirmed. Yeah, man. Tradition... Can I tell you what Jesus told the Pharisees? He looked at the Pharisees and says, you forsake the word of God for the traditions of your fathers. Some of you have been raised in churches and just by tradition, and that's not knocking. We're grateful for the generations before us, but I'm letting you know that there are traditions that have been built that were not marked by God and sealed by the Son of God, Jesus. And I believe that in this church and in this day and age, I believe in the panhandle and throughout the nation and in the last days of the earth that God is removing religion and tradition and bringing the Spirit of the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This is the Word of God. And we just desire freedom fully for your life. So last question. We, we got to close with this. this table. <laughs> I'm going to read this last one. So Jonathan, how do we make worship a lifestyle? Not from, yeah. not just Sunday, but how do we really make it from a Sunday to Sunday? Yeah, so I got two points here. One is thankfulness. So bitterness and thankfulness can never coexist. It's impossible to be thankful for something that you are bitter about. And as we've stated earlier, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and in his course with praise. So if bitterness and thankfulness can't coexist, bitterness can be the very thing stopping you from entering his courts. Wow. And to, to wrap it up here is how do we make worship a lifestyle? I, it's that praise word that we talked about, Barak. And so... Um, this type of praise is going to be the hardest thing to incorporate, in my opinion, without getting too deep. The reason this would be the most difficult is because we would first need to dethrone self to give God what he is due. When we would need to put Holy Spirit back in his rightful place as high priest of his temple. So processing this and going through this journey will open doors. I want you to Hear this out. Processing this and going through this journey will open doors in our storage rooms of past experiences and our now way of thinking. And the very being of who you are will begin to shake, will begin to rattle, will begin to break apart because God is making room for himself in these storage rooms. Giving God his lordship of your life as king allows him to clean these storage rooms, not to make room for Sunday morning visitations, but Monday through Monday habitation. And that is worship. That there's a habitation, that you live your life sun up to sundown in the presence of God. And look, this is the beautiful thing about worship. It's not based upon you always feeling it. I'm gonna be honest. Sean and I, past few weeks, have been crazy. I wasn't feeling it. Well, I was feeling something, but it was not the presence of God when I got to church this morning at 6.45. When my alarm went off at 5.15 to start setting all this stuff up, when the storage room was locked that had some of our equipment in it, we had to get the school come up here because our master key ain't that master. Um, I wasn't feeling it. But my worship, there is a feeling and expression that is expressed because we live by faith. Because we live by faith. You guys give it up for Jonathan coming and breaking that down for us. But you guys stand to your feet. Um, we, we could spend hours unpacking worship. But like I said, worship is a lifestyle. So I hope and pray that there's some things that maybe you're in here and you're like, man, I didn't really have any background. This all just helped me understand more. Maybe you're in here and you're like, man, I... 
I've held back because I've just made excuses of it's my personality or that's the way I was raised. I just want to let you know, if you feel a little uncomfortable by being challenged by the word, you're in a great place because the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. And so I love to allow myself to be uncomfortable in his presence because it allows the Holy Spirit to show up and do his job. You know what I found is the more often I try to keep myself comfortable, I think the Holy Spirit shows up in my atmosphere and says, John, you're doing a really bad version of what I'm supposed to be doing. I try to live comfortable, make it easy, instead of sometimes just saying, God, break down the walls. And so I really believe today this teaching, this is not like, okay, in this moment, now everybody's worship is just, this is going to begin a brand new voyage of worship for many of you. And a voyage is a long and extended journey. But I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I really challenge you. If you've never lifted your hands to the Lord, he went through the seven types. And this is just something, I remember Jonathan and I and Shauna and, and Courtney, a lot of friends, we all kind of learned these seven types around the same time we were, we were in Louisiana together. And I'll never forget walking away from a service, and just one of the pastors there that was teaching this said, I never let a service go by without doing all seven of those. And so it, I'm just letting you know, as your pastor, when I'm here on a Sunday morning, I've, I've already been on my knees before the Lord this morning. I've already sang my own song. I've already lifted my hands. I want to honor God, and all seven ways of worship are going to happen. That's just, that, that's something I do. I'm not saying you have to do that. That's just a personal thing I felt the Lord convict me of. But man, if you've never lifted your hands, why don't you just do it, not because you have to feel anything, but because it's obedience to God. If you've never sang your own song, maybe in the next few moments, maybe that song is just you whispering, just saying, God, thank you. God, thank you. God, I love you. It don't have to sound good, all right? But could you just engage with him in a new way this morning like you never have before? We're already seven minutes. No, we're way more than seven minutes. We're seven minutes past 12. We're going to give you three, four minutes to worship. But could we just together just respond to God and worship and express? Hands lifted all throughout the room. Father, we just come before you right now. We extend our hands, God. Yada praise. You're worthy. These hands are lifted as a sign of surrender and submission to you, God. God, we're doing this because your word commands it, because of your goodness, your faithfulness, because of your love. God, I pray over a room like this, Father. God, if people have fresh encounters to have with you, God, may today be the very beginning. May today be the, the mark of what you're going to do when it comes to worshiping you as a part of their life. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on thevoyage.church to stay updated on everything God is doing in our city.